You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Oz Network for our first of two reviews of Mission Impossible Fallout. Eye candy. Um, <laughs> Mission Impossible Eye Candy, according to Jamie. We are going to be bringing you two of these. You know, we've been going for five weeks straight here covering uh, the first five Mission Impossible movies. And uh, it was only one week ago when um, Ben and I realized that the movie comes out separate release dates in Canada and Australia. So, Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Is it later there? Or? It's a week later. Oh, remember about sad th- for him. Remember th- about three times over the last few days where I told you, hey, can you record a quick episode with me after we see this movie because it doesn't come out for another week for Ben? Well, I just thought you meant that he wouldn't actually be able to see it because he was busy. Usually it's a... <laughs> no, it's... You, you know, Ben... You it, came, ben, ben, ben recorded five hours on Titanic while recording about 16 episodes of Nip Tuck lost and third watch in one week you think ben's that busy yeah but now he actually has a girlfriend <laughs> he didn't before <laughs> all he does is bring her on the show now to do episodes with him yeah but i was just gonna say usually it's the opposite with australia because it's like time travel they get everything before us so now he gets to feel that is like... true so that's right he can feel bad for a while is yeah. what you're saying yeah um, he gets to miss out on the hotness I'm sure Ben is just dying right now because he can't watch Henry Cavill Excuse me, and Tom Cruise. It's just like Cruise. you with Pierce Brosnan when you're like, that is a beautiful man. He is I, a beautiful I, man. I, I have no feelings for guys that way, but he is a beautiful man. No, you'd appreciate He's the most handsome man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, back on topic. Two of these we're going to bring you over the next week probably. Uh, once it comes out in the rest of the world, we'll bring you a, a more in-depth one. This one's going to be mostly just initial be. feelings and Jamie talking <laughs> about what <laughs> she got out of this movie. <laughs> Which, if you've heard uh, our Justice League review, you already know her feelings on Henry Cavill. You add in Tom Cruise in there, and well, I- I'm not entirely sure Jamie realized Tom Cruise was in this movie. <laughs> well, we we had a discussion over this yesterday, how you Did thought we? it was- you well not that in particular but on the way home from the movie because i i'm not joking when we were driving to the movie theater i felt so tired um and i totally thought that i was gonna fall asleep i was so scared because my eyes were hurting and i felt like i was gonna drift the whole movie i was like just wide open just so perked up and when the movie's over i'm like now this is amazing because we mentioned last week on the equalizer two review you fall asleep during almost everything uh, you fell asleep even during John. Now you've made. I fell no, asleep during this podcast. You, you, right now, <laughs> you've made no um, uh, no apologies for the fact that uh, Keanu Reeves. I don't know. Is Keanu Reeves your number one, or is Henry Cavill number one? You know, Keanu Reeves is still my number one because he's an amazing human being. Okay, amazing human being. As Henry we Henry last Cavill week. is hot man number two. Okay, but you fell asleep in the first fifteen minutes of the first John Wick. Yeah. So. It's not just, you know, beautiful man on screen, you perk right up. When we finished this movie, I'm like, you know, we saw Star Wars, which you loved, but fell asleep. Equalizer, you fell asleep. Uh, John Wick, you fell asleep. Anything we see, you fall asleep. 
for at least a few minutes. It's never the whole movie, but at least a few minutes. Usually until I start elbowing you saying, I paid good money for this. Yeah, that's what you always say. That's your response. Yeah. I found it pretty ironic, though, that there was a lady that was right next to you that was, like, snoring for most of the movie. Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> I was too distracted by how great the movie was. Oh, you mean sorry, how hot the men were? Oh, never mind. No. Okay. But anyways, so the movie ends, and I'm like, you know what? You didn't fall. You're, you're all proud. You're like, oh, I didn't fall asleep for this. I'm like, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I could think of a few other movies that you didn't fall asleep during. Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League. There's that other... Probably sp- even The Man from Uncle. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the other spy movie he was in. Yeah, so Henry Cavill's in a movie, You're Wide Awake. And two of those movies we saw midnight shows of. So it was like 2, 2 2.30 in the morning by the time it was over. Yeah, but he didn't take it off his shirt in this movie. That was kind of a little bit disappointing. Okay, but, um, well, well, we'll talk... You know, I would like to talk about more than just your appreciation for Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise here. Going going on to the movie for a second. Now, let's just set this up. This movie is huge everywhere. Like, already, after just its Thursday previews, which has always really come out, the box office is way higher than expected. Um, initial projections were like, it's going to make $45-$50 million, then like 50 55 then like 55 to 60 I wouldn't be surprised by the end of this weekend this one's well past $60 million. And that's saying a lot for a movie that has a two and a half hour running time, not including trailers and advertisements and all that. So this is basically a three hour turnaround time for any movie theater to show this, Mm -hmm. uh, which is crazy. This movie is going to do huge box office. The reviews, unlike anything we've seen a long time, I mean, they're basically saying the last time there was a blockbuster that got reviews like this, it was Mad Max Fury Road, which got nominated for Best Picture. That was a really cool movie, and I like the soundtrack in it. Do you you think that they used the IMAX good in this movie? What what did you think of that? We'll get to that in a second, but... The reviews for this are basically comparing it to either Fury Road or The Dark Knight. A lot of them are saying it's The Dark Knight of, you know, action movies. Hmm. First, we'll talk about the IMAX in a second. But as far as the reviews go, like, they're not that far off. (laughs) This movie is unbelievable on every single level. It is so huge. I mean, the the close thing I said to you, uh, the, the, the biggest comparison I could make was that I said that this is like the Skyfall for Mission Impossible movies. It is just, it's on a different level. Yeah. And yet it's in and no Skyfall way... Skyfall was too. I totally get what you mean. It was in no way more complex than the other Mission Impossible movies. Like, that was the thing that maybe for the first half hour, 45 minutes, caught me a little off guard, is it wasn't in any way more complex than the other Mission Impossible movies. Uh, the story wasn't bigger. It wasn't deeper in any way. In some ways it was. It got more to the characters. It was just the execution of the Christopher Quarry had. I mean, he took what he did with Rogue Nation and just took it to such a more powerful level which is similar to what Christopher Nolan did with The Dark Knight I really liked how it wasn't predictable actually there's one part in the movie which I won't spoil for people but it doesn't matter whatever um, that I was like oh so what's going on and you know who's who and what's happening and stuff and then it's like oh hmm." I mean I think the real appeal of a Mission Impossible movie is that they do mess with your mind and that they have those big scenes with big reveals where you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. There are a few in this which I felt were kind of predictable, but here's the uh, the bonus for it. Um, also, there's a big twist in this movie, which I also saw coming because there was a... I'm not even going to call it a leak. It was just an early rumor, whatever, report about the movie and what the story was, mm-hmm. uh, which at the time I didn't think would be a big deal. And then as soon as I started watching the movie, they kind of reveal something where I'm like, wait a second... I remember this thing that they talked about months ago, which at the time, again, 
Only the filmmakers realized they're leaking a major part of this, and it was kind of spoiled for me. But having said that, they do things in this movie to fool even the audience. Like, let's talk about that big Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill fight scene from the trailers. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for people, but there. Every time I, I saw that, I think I got a lady boner. Okay, but hold on. It, all I'm going to say is it's very deceptive. This movie was promoted in a way mm-hmm. that kind of messed with the audience's mind. So even though there are parts of this movie where I'm like, I actually saw that coming and it's maybe a little bit more predictable than what most Mission Impossible movies have, there are other things where you expect to see something because of what the trailer showed you and then you're like, whoa, the trailer's totally, totally screwed with our minds. Yeah. It, <laughs> this it was not totally what different. I expected it to be. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the IMAX. So uh, I, I don't know how many theaters there are that this is playing IMAX for I think about a thousand theaters or I mean it's it's a big number of IMAX theaters. Right. And although IMAX has been a thing for a while, I mean during two thousand eight, yeah, I guess when Journey to the Center of the Earth became like the first three D movie to do like major box office, like hundred million dollars, and then you get Avatar like a year later, uh, all the way up until when Ghost Protocol comes out. I mean it was all three D, three D, three D and then Ghost Protocol said we we believe IMAX is a bigger movie-going experience. It's just people aren't seeing it for what it's worth. So Tom Cruise really wanted with all these movies to, to make it an IMAX experience. And I mean, this one's the same thing. I mean, I told you what these Mission Impossible... We've seen lots of movies in IMAX, but it's basically they blow up the picture to did, fill the, most I of the screen. did I see the one with you where they were in India? I saw that one with no, you, didn't I? but not in IMAX. We just saw that in a regular theater. But when you watch it... But when you watch it on movie screen at home, doesn't it expand no. too? No, nope. and that's my disappointment. It would be great oh. if it actually did. But mm. that's the thing is that when you see most movies and they call it the IMAX experience, you're just seeing it on a big screen. There's another movie that I saw though, where, where that actually happened, though. I'm trying to remember what it is, the IMAX thing. Probably The Dark Knight Rises. We saw that one, too. Um, like, there mm. are other movies that have done it, but mm. my point is, is that I don't know if you had really seen that before. And what's great about these is that for the big sequences and the ones that they actually film with IMAX cameras... The picture expands, and you don't think by explaining that to people, especially when you start watching these movies and you're seeing the framing, you're like, well, that's only a little bit that's left on the top, a little bit on the bottom. It makes such a big difference. And there the few sequences in this movie where, you know, it it does expand for that IMAX ratio, it's just it blows your mind. Particularly the the helicopter scene, which is really close to the end of the movie. Uh, which, again, was way bigger than I thought. I mean, I guess we're coming off of Rogue Nation where they did the huge, crazy stunt where he's hanging off the side of the airplane, and it's like the first five minutes of the movie. And it's definitely a satisfying five minutes, but I mean, with this, like, people just need to be aware. The big stunt with the helicopters and all that, you're looking at a 20-minute chunk of the movie. I mean, maybe broken up with some other scenes in there, uh, but that alone is like, if you can see it in IMAX, you have to see it in IMAX. And I don't think there's a lot of movies I could say that about nowadays where it's like, you need to see this on the IMAX screen, it made such a huge difference for that and some of the other sequences that were presented in IMAX. Didn't they do the expansion of the screen too for the skydiving scene? Yeah, that's the other one. And, and that, I think that, those that are seems t- amazing. I can't even believe that they actually, that Tom Cruise actually did that and, too. Well, and here's the thing. You know there's going to be some trick editing here and there. I mean, it's presented in one shot. The halo jump is what you're talking about, which is high altitude, uh, what is it called? Low something um uh but the idea is that you you have this jump from twenty thousand feet and you deploy your parachute at the lowest possible altitude um and and tom cruise like rehearsed for this for for weeks or months i don't even remember what it was 
So they did film this. Like, this was a real Halo jump they did. Now, you know there's some trick editing in there. It's not a two-hour or two-hour, two-minute shot or two-and-a-half-minute shot all in one take. I mean, I'd love to wait till the Blu-ray comes out to see that. That's the other thing. With these Mission Impossible movies, you're dying to see the making of so you can see yeah. how much of this were real. And then when you do see it, you're like, whoa, I didn't realize so much of that was real. And, and Tom Cruise does all like all of his own stunts, you told me, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, granted, there's going to be... I'm sure that there's some things where... I doubt every shot of the helicopter flying was Tom Cruise flying, but when you're seeing Tom Cruise on screen, when you're seeing Ethan Hunt on screen, it yeah. is Tom Cruise. Right. You know, you you maybe are going to have six or seven shots or something like that the entire movie where Tom Cruise doesn't do it, but it's going to be things where you don't see the character. But the motorcycle chases we're seeing, the car chases, the halo jump, the the helicopter stunt, I mean, that is Tom Cruise on screen doing it. And we talked about this, uh, I think it was either Ghost Protocol or Rogue Nation review that Ben and I did it's the knowledge of knowing that they're actually doing these stunts that actually makes it more appealing and that's I think what what I mean as soon as we got home your parents who are watching Casper the first thing they says what were the stunts like in this movie I don't even think yeah. they're necessarily Mission Impossible fans but like you know I heard that he, that he does all of his own stunts and oh yeah they have promoted this movie so heavily on the stunt work and I'm telling you you can tell the difference the best CGI ever is not going to look like this. No. And you know, one thing that I do actually have to say for this movie, I, and I don't think in my entire almost 30 years on this earth that I've ever seen a movie where, um, and again, it's a long movie. It's like two and a oh, half hours. Oh, it's two and a half hours, yeah. But they jump, you start watching the movie, they literally jump right into it. They jump right into the action. And it's non-stop action mm-hmm. for the whole movie. Like, well, we are we are recently mm. seeing. No, no, no. I'm saying there's always something happening. I'm not saying action is in like, a, you know, somebody's always chasing a motorcycle or whatever. But the motorcycle chase it's that fast they had, pace. yeah, motorcycle uh, uh, um, chase that they had was amazing. But it's such a fast-paced movie, and the fact that it always keeps you interested and there's something always happening. Uh, the, the problem I had recently when we went to go see The Equalizer 2 is I always felt, oh, it's just so much dead air, like, type of thing. Oh, so much dead air, like, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. I never felt like that for even two seconds in this movie. Well, and, and that's the funny thing, because you say it's non-stop action. Most of the reviews have said that, and that's the one thing I'm d- going to disagree with, because there is a ton of action in this movie, but I think as far as the way the movie's paced, probably more story than most Mission Boss movies have. And I would say they take longer to get to the major action. I think the Halo jump might be the first major, major action sequence. There's like a shootout here, a quick, you know, driving stunt here or there. But for major action sequences, I mean, that's well over 20 minutes into the movie. You have 20 minutes of story building. And then after that, there's more long breaks where it's all story. But even the story is fast-paced and it's exciting. Uh, And as far as the character stuff goes, I mean, Ben and I mentioned on the Ghost Protocol and even the Rogue Nation episodes Mm -hmm. that... Tom Cruise kind of took a back seat as far as what the stories were about. He was on the screen the most because he's doing the action. But those movies, the last two movies, weren't about him. Rogue or uh, Ghost Protocol was mostly about uh, Agent Carter and Brandt, uh, Paula Patton and Jeremy Renner's characters. I mean, they were what you would consider supporting characters, but the story arcs, the characters that you know had growth in those movies and that it was about them were their characters. Yeah. The last movie was totally about Ilsa. This movie is an Ethan Hunt movie in more ways than any Mission Impossible movie has been outside of 3. And, of course, if anybody's seen the trailers or seen 3, they know that there's ties to 3 in this. Um, What they did so well in this movie, in the very first reviews that came out for this, we even published the story when the reviews started coming out saying this is the dark night of action movies. Uh, They were saying, like, the complexity they bring to Ethan Hunt's character, and I thought, 
can they really bring that much complexity to a character that's been around for five movies that has kind of been more taking the back seat and quiet, not even talking a lot in the last two movies. They really do. And it's in a way that we'll go into more detail on Ben's episode, but it's in a way that's unique for spy movies. It's bringing like a lot of humanity to a spy character in a way that I don't think I expected. And yet all of it feels true. And um, if we talk about more in Ben's episode, the things they do with his character tie to even a line of dialogue in Mission Impossible 2, where the villain is talking about who Ethan Hunt is. Mm. Yeah, and I I just think, like, um, part of the difference that they had was with Henry Cavill being in here. And <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> he was just so beautiful. You see, that that's what James Bond needs. They need Henry Cavill to uh-huh. be in there and, and have a part of either, either hero or villain. You, 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 you could do anything. You tongue-tied there. Uh, I know, but... Oh my gosh. It's just so beautiful. Okay, I have to tell you, okay, no, I am actually kind of tripping over my words here. I have to tell you, I'm not normally a mustache girl. I like facial hair. <laughs> we needed to get to this, yes. Yeah, okay, no, I know. I, I, I love facial hair, like right now, how you have like stubble all over your face. I think that's incredibly sexy. I, I, I love that stubble on a man like that. But Don't I, make all the ladies listening jealous, Jamie. No, no listen, like, uh, goatees it's like meh. full face double uh is good and not a lot of guys actually can and okay i just have to say that on a side note because for you know you, we did want to keep this like under 30 minutes right no, I, I know but like for, for you it's like an inch underneath your eye and you have hair all the way up to there and then you have it like all the way down like to where your neck is and it's like that's so manly and sexy and not a lot of guys can do that that's that's the type of facial hair that i like i don't like it when guys have these I mean, i've just fallen asleep i'm just saying i don't like it when guys have these patchy little goatees oh. or or even mustaches oh my goodness seriously the mustache works for him <laughs> i'm not even joking ben and I were talking. i'm watching him and i'm like i want him to tickle me with that mustache <laughs> Like you can you can put that like on any inch of my body, please. Okay, um, tickle me with that stuff. Let's stop now before maybe, there may be kids listening, but I don't know. Uh, we need to play these clips back to back with uh, the conversation Ben and I had in the last episode. We were talking about the lengths they went through in Justice League to remove this mustache. Oh, and it was how this worth is, it. It was this worth was it. the most expensive mustache in the history of Hollywood. Oh, dear Lord, it was And we're, I think Ben even said, it's like, this better be the, the, the single most glorious mustache I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> you back it up. Ha- oh, so good. All right, <laughs> let's move past Henry Cavill. Well, let's talk quickly about Henry Cavill because, yeah, this is a big ensemble movie. And I remember when he was cast, I sort of thought to myself, well, he'll probably have a supporting role. It's going to be similar to like the way Jeremy Renner was because we uh, knew Jeremy Renner was in this. I said, he's probably the replacement for Jenny, Jeremy Renner. Then when you start seeing the trailers, you're like, well, I'm thinking Solomon Lane's the main villain, but he's like maybe a henchman. I mean, you're left guessing with this character nonstop in this yeah, movie. Yeah, you don't kind of know until close to the end. What's really surprising is that how much of this movie is Henry Cavill. Yeah. I mean, the opening credits come and it basically says Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill. Like, he's second. Yeah. And you can't argue that at all. I mean, the yeah. first half of this movie is almost split down the middle between the two of them. I mean, Henry Cavill is almost dual lead for a lot of this movie. I, I, and he owns it. And this is the first time we've seen him really play a villain character. I was just going to say, I see a different side to him. Yeah. I think he's better as a villain than he is as a hero. Oh, that, and I like him as Superman. That, like, scowl face? Oh. Okay, well, here we go again. He can be my bad boy. I mean, and all honestly, I, I like him as Superman. But if I had to choose between him being, you know, Agent Walker or whatever he is here and being Superman... 
I'm going to say, like, if, if you're going to replace one of those two characters, I'd be more sad if they cast somebody else. Like, I think he was so fit for this character, and he was so into it, and you believe him because he's kind of likable in, like, a really smarmy way, mm-hmm. and yet you just instantly are repelled by this guy just because of the position he's in, and, like... Oh, he's he's so good in this. Like he gives Tom Cruise a run for his money. Mm-hmm. Oh, so and the, good. the stunt fighting. Like he's not doing the crazy stunts Tom Cruise is doing, but the stunt fighting. I mean, Henry Cavill will blow away Tom Cruise in the stunt choreography, and they play up in a, in a, I guess a subtle way. They play up. I don't know if it's a play on Tom Cruise's age or whatever, mm-hmm. but they don't make Ethan Hunt Superman in this movie. I mean, it is very clear. Like between the two of these guys, Walker is the powerhouse. And can we talk about just quickly about the bathroom scene that's advertised we did in the, already in the trailer? You, you, you go again that Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill are fighting in a bathroom. Can I just tell you how excited I got when he took his jacket off that he meant business? <laughs> I I remember turning to you in and I grabbed your arm and I was. <laughs> That's <laughs> just, it was the best. Okay. Okay, he, I know he does Superman and stuff like that, but I'm telling you, he did so good with training or whatever to look good at fighting in this movie. Because Tom Cruise, I mean, that's kind of something he does all the time. Henry Cavill, that's kind of different. Like with Superman, I mean, he punches you in the face, you fly, you know, all around the earth. Yeah, twice. exactly. <laughs> but, but seriously, like the training that he did to be able to so actually, believable. oh, so good, so good. Yeah. Um, the other characters, again, just really quickly, um, I mean, going from Mission Impossible 3, where he was almost an extended cameo, Ghost Protocol, where you kind of assumed the Ving Rhames role, and then Rogue Nation, where it it was sort of Benji's movie with Ethan. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the second lead in that. Uh, in this one, I mean, Benji definitely takes more of a backseat. I'm not even going to say backseat. Mm-hmm. What I feel like they do is they make him another team member. I mean, not... And, and that's why I think I like about this, is not every movie needs to have the biggest story arc for one character. If Benji mm-hmm. had a huge Rogue Nation, he doesn't need to have a huge one He's for also kind of comic relief in this movie. Yeah, and there's very little. That's the other thing. There's mm-hmm. not that much comedy in this movie. No. This is... The, the parts where you laugh, you really do laugh, but yeah. this is not funny. It's like, more like serious action-packed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's way more... It's like Skyfall, yeah. you know? Yeah. But Benji, don't get as much of him in this movie. Still good, though, because he's Simon Pegg. He could do anything. Yeah. What they really did was they redeemed Ving Rhames' character, Luther, because... Mission Impossible 1, Luther was the man. Mission Impossible 2, Luther was there and cool. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 3, what's he doing there? He's got a couple of good scenes with Ethan, more of a personal thing. Ghost Protocol's cameo, Rogue Nation. At the last minute, let's rewrite this movie, but we don't know how to do this because Benji and Luther essentially are the same character. This movie, they find a way to separate those characters, and this is Luther's first real shining moment since the first movie loved him in this movie yeah he did really good yeah and they started out by having a conversation of him sitting in the van which is the running gag can can i also say that i actually really enjoyed uh alec baldwin in this movie oh man and i we talked about how much we liked him in the last movie i know it's the same character we're getting this time, but it, it's it's you, two you watch years his later. Game, you watch his game show show though, the and match you, game, yeah. And you, you see him on this, and it's like, you know, obviously he's playing a character, but it's like it's totally that's that's him. I mean, he could have also played this like Jack Ryan at the age of sixty, uh, as as more of you know the desk jockey. Is spy. he actually sixty? About that, age? he's got to be, yeah. He looks pretty young for his age, then. Not a bad looking I, I think dude, that but... he's about 60. He looks about 60, but anyways. Yeah. Uh, no, like, you get so much more with him. And again, not necessarily all more screen time in the last movie, but the scenes he has, really, like, everybody ups their game on this one. Ilsa, 
not as big of a role as mm-hmm. the last movie, mm-hmm. but she's way more mysterious in this movie. Like, I thought, after the way the last one ends, oh, she's going to be a member of the team. You're still questioning this woman. And I think that's going to be so interesting going forward. They keep bringing this character around, mm-hmm. is that she's always going to be there, but you're never going to know what she's up to. Yeah. And there's a few scenes in here where they really, again, tie into what was so great with Rogue Nation very subtly making her the female parallel to Ethan Hunt where they were the same character they lived the same life but they don't come out there's so much about what they do in this movies especially this one with all the characters mm-hmm. it's so subtle it's and very subtle, maybe yeah. we'll do a spoiler review with Ben I don't know uh, but little things they do especially with her character they tie even more to her being Ethan at no point is that obvious to the audience you kind of have to really watch these movies multiple times to get what they're trying to do uh, I wouldn't say that Rebecca Ferguson's better in this than she was in Rogue Nation. I think there's maybe one scene where she is, but to be able to hold up with a character that must have been tough to rewrite into a movie where she doesn't necessarily belong, again, mm-hmm. fantastic job. Oh, so good. I'm not sure what else I'll say I can... We, we talked about a woman, and Jamie's like, yeah, good stuff. I, Move I, on. I don't know what I could say more without actually spoiling stuff and trying to be careful. I mean, Solomon Lane's back, and again, we don't want to spoil too much because... Part of the fun of this is that the way the movie's promoted, is it a cameo? Is he a main villain? Is he a side villain? Ooh, All we can really say, you will, um, or you've already seen this and you're listening to the episode and you already know, but like we get more dimension to that character, less from him. Sean Harris does less in this movie than he did the last one, but it's the way the characters talk about him. There's one scene in particular where Henry Cavill's asking questions about Solomon Lane to, to Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise is just responding, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. And it makes his character even more sinister. Even though these are things we all knew, it's just his response to him that's so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, the whole cast is fantastic in this movie. Uh, the action's unbelievable. The story is so complex. I mean, the only thing we could really say, because I went into this wanting to know nothing, the trailers don't tell you a lot about the story. Some of the early reviews, I avoided anything to talk about the story. I would read the first paragraph to see how does this start. And all I really knew going in, and this is all I really say, is that... Two years after the syndicate has been defeated, or I guess Solomon Lane's been captured, there's this new group which is called the Apostles, which is sort of a branch off from the syndicate. And the plot just sort of involves nuclear weapons, but it's not so forced because we know we did like nuclear weapons in Ghost Protocol. Yeah. It actually has a fresh feel to it because yeah. it's it's it not feel the same. it's not the main focal point of what the story is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is different. But it's it's a more sinister thing, and you know, Ghost Protocol was doing it all for fun. This one, you know, is it's more dramatic. It's like, well, this is kind of scary. Change the subject. Something to ask you because we gotta tie this up pretty soon. We are only gonna do twenty minutes, and look at that, we're almost at thirty. Yeah, well, we we spent seven minutes on Henry Cavill alone. I wish I would just his mustache. I wish I would have seen more chest hair, though. Anyway, <laughs> okay, there's really only like three women in this movie. There's Ilsa. Uh, Julia. Julia. And then Erica. Yeah. She's the one from the CIA. Angela Bassett. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, I want you to rank those women best to worst, bangable to least bangable. No, I'm not going to play your game, Jamie. Come on. I, I could do it for you. I'm not going to play your game. I could you can do, do it for okay, you. Okay, wait. What? You're going to do it for me? Like, you're going to go Henry Cavill, Tom Cruise, Colin Hilding. <laughs> no, I'm saying for the guys in the movie. 
Well, I don't need to know your ranking order of who you would prefer over your husband. Well, you're number one out over everyone. Well, Duh. thank God for that. Yeah, I chose you. Yeah, because Henry, I, as we said, Henry Cavill was here in Winnipeg filming he, a movie. He, you know what? He gave me his number on the street. I'm he sure said, he did. He said I was the most beautiful woman he ever saw. <laughs> True story. We'll we'll talk about this when the movie he, comes he's been out. Sending me emails, you know, before I got married. I told him I'm sorry. I chose Colin. <laughs> Henry Cavill filmed. Um, uh, what I guess is going to be his next movie here in Winnipeg. like, And it wasn't just like he filmed... Uh, sorry, I brought a picture up of him. I'm mm. sure you're incredibly distracted right now. Uh, mm. So the movie's called Nomus. It's coming out later this year. Uh, it filmed, I know, I'm going to see it. It filmed for like, uh, I don't know, a month, two months in Winnipeg. Like it was primarily filmed here. So probably one of the bigger movie productions that's been here along with like Shall We Dance with Richard Gere and Jennifer Lopez and some other ones. Uh, Did you know I had a high school teacher that was a stand-in for Richard me. Gere? He yeah, your at, high school teacher was he, Richard Gere's stand A science teacher, yeah. He was literally, like, I, I started going to school, and I, he looks exactly like he could be his identical twin. Mm -hmm. And I actually told him, I said, you probably heard this, but has anybody ever told you that? He said, yeah, I actually was a stand-in for him when he yeah. was here. Uh, so anyways, just about a year and a half ago, this movie filmed in Winnipeg. There we go. It was actually here for a month and a half. So they did almost all location filming here. Mm. Uh, it's going to be fun when the movie comes out. I mean, because it's... It, listen to this plot. U.S. law enforcement succeeds in catching a notorious online predator, but soon realizes his crimes go further than they expected. This movie's going to be great. I'm saying that already. But he was... You are just lucky that I was married then. <laughs> yeah. Henry Cavill was posting lots of pictures on Instagram. Oh, I know. Uh, of here in Winnipeg. I know. What you didn't realize is that... I could see the pictures where his apartment was, was probably about a 15 minute walk from where we were living. And one day he posted a picture of himself and this kind of, you know, became a big deal on the internet. He posted a picture of himself outside of a costume shop of him standing in front of a Green Lantern costume. And it was sort of like this joke. And people said, oh, that's spoiling that the Green Lantern's going to be just League. It was just him kind of making a joke. That was about three blocks from our house. So <gasps> Henry Cavill was within... A three block radius of us and a ten minute sleep of us for so long. I kept that from you until now. <laughs> He's no longer here. Darn it. I lost Anyways, my chance. Um, no, what I, what I will. Oh, I mean, no. What? What, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about anything. <laughs> uh, anyways, I already know you're going to say Henry Cavill, Tom Cruise. And then I'm going to guess you're going to say Alec Baldwin. Mm. I don't know. Benji might be fun. Simon Pegg before Alec Baldwin? Yeah. Have you seen Alec Baldwin's chest hair? Yeah, I could. Have uh, you really? No, I I, no. Could, <laughs> I could bet that it would be nice, though. No, he, he's got Sean Connery-level chest hair. Okay. Wow, that looks... <laughs> Dang. Look, they have a side-by-side -side with him and Connery. I think he has more chest hair than Connery. Holy crap. Okay, uh, he's number three. <laughs> Are you going to say Bing Rames is last, seriously? Well, who else is there? I think that's it. Yeah, but then you're making Bing Rames last? Come on. Yeah. Oh, and, 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 and Sean Harris. Yeah, he, Sean Harris would for sure be last. Okay. <laughs> no offense. Sorry, dude. Pretty harsh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. That, um, oh my gosh, I need to make that my new background on my, <laughs> my, my profile. You know what? I, got, I love the Jack Ryan movies. Let's watch The Hunt for Red October. Is he, is he shirtless in them? 
In, not in Hunt for... I don't think he is in Hunt okay, for October. Okay, I need October. you to search for movies where he's shirtless, and All right, I'll watch well, those movies with you. Oh my hey. gosh. <laughs> Let's do this list here. Okay, if we'll wrap up this If there's here. any women watching this, and you've never seen Alec Baldwin's chest hair, Google Alec Baldwin's <laughs> chest hair. It is, it is marvelous. <laughs> look at this. He only came, okay, this list here on comelookatmychesthair.com. <laughs> This top, is a real site. Top 10, top chest- 10 chesters of all time. Yeah. Alec Baldwin's number 10. Jason Statham is number 9. Ah, take him or leave him. Matt Lauer is number 8. I don't know who that is. He's a, a t- Today Show host slash sexual offender. Uh, Chris Evans is number 7. Alec Baldwin's is better. Burt Reynolds number 6. Yuck, monkey. <laughs> Wolverine, the comic book character. Not even uh, an actual... Live action Hugh Jackman. Wolverine the combo character is number five. No. Tom Selleck number four. Maybe for my mother. <laughs> Mark Twain number three. <laughs> what the? Okay, you, you people gotta look up this picture of Mark Twain shirtless, okay? It looks like, I don't know, like elderly Tom Selleck's head on a 12 year old's body with Alec Baldwin's chest hair. He has such rage in his eyes. <laughs> Uh, yours truly. truly so whoever wrote this site come look at my chester.com number two and number one sean connery okay. <laughs> here's one of sean connery in tidy whities i can totally see his dick through that <laughs> wow okay well we knew he'd be number one but come on alec baldwin number 10 <laughs> uh looks pretty nice to me all right wow i did not realize he was that attractive especially when he was younger oh my goodness <laughs> sorry you've got old man baldwin on the match game now well, we still love him no there's now that i've seen that he's more attractive to me he's bumped it up a couple of notches <laughs> uh anyways to answer your question i don't know if any of them are really my type of the women in this movie are you no, I, no you're joking i'm not joking no it's... angela bassett no she's i mean again she's, ilsa? she's okay for 60 i mean ilsa i thought ilsa was better in the first movie like in this movie maybe it's just i don't know maybe julia the your first then i don't know again is she is she one of those where because usually you prefer like brown hair brown eyes but is she one of those like how you have for uh what's her face uh the one who does miss congeniality sandra bullock yeah she should totally be your type but she's just yeah not. she's just not no yeah. um yeah, I don't know. Don't really. I mean, but I love Ilsa's character, so I'm gonna go with Ilsa just because the character is fantastic. Ilsa's the most bangable. Sure. <laughs> Look, Alec Baldwin is exactly 60 years old. Looks pretty good for he 60. Was, I don't know if he was here in Winnipeg or he's do still I, coming to Winnipeg. Do I get a senior's discount? No. <laughs> he's, I, he was here in Winnipeg though, doing uh, um, a performance at the concert hall. I don't know. I think he was singing. It was like a one man show or what something. Kind of performance. We've gone quite a while here. Most of it talking about chest hair. Let's review this thing really quickly. Let's just tell people, I mean, this movie's totally worth seeing. Uh, I'm going to tell you this right now. I spent all day today. Now, usually, we get a movie that I'm really into. And, like, John Wick Chapter 2, I'm like, I really want to see this again. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not saying this is better than John Wick Chapter 2. I'm not even saying this is better than Ghost Protocol. Mm. But with Ghost Protocol, I felt okay to wait a week before seeing it again. It might have even been two weeks. Who knows? Uh, With this... I spent all day today, like we saw this Thursday night, so now it's Friday night. Yeah. I spent all day today feeling sad inside knowing that I couldn't go tonight. Is that, is that <laughs> why you were such such an Oscar the Grouch? I wasn't an Oscar the Grouch. That was because Casper was like flailing his arms at me when I was trying to put him to bed. Yeah, he was being a jerk. Casper was being a real jerk. Casper, stop being a dick. <laughs> okay. 
But anyways, like, I felt sadness that I couldn't go right away. Like, there's something about this movie. This movie's magical in some way. I know you're going to go without me probably three more times. Probably. Yeah. Uh, But I, like, I have to watch this movie more times. We have to do another review just so I can figure out what is it with this movie that's so good. Henry Cavill. uh, It might be that. Oh, I'm going to go with a buy it for this movie. Well, we know we're going to buy it. And you're going to buy it. Of course. And if you don't, you're out of the family. I'm going to buy it and maybe watch it when... Let's cut that part. Let's <laughs> Mike's still hot here. <laughs> no, I'm just Thank joking. you for joining us. Um, <laughs> please go back and listen to our Mission Impossible 1 through 5 recaps. Uh, you know, Ben got to see these movies outside of the first two. He got to see 3, 4, and 5 for the first time. Like so many other people, he, I'm not going to say so many other people. These movies are huge, but there he are a lot of people. never them until recently? Not 3, 4, and 5, no. Really? And, there, and I'm finding out there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, you know, I saw the first two and they sort of gave up on it. I never That's saw any of them until uh, I met you. It's same thing. And actually, how many times have you seen them and now? Actually, well, lots, but actually same thing with uh, James Bond even. Yeah. And funny enough, like I have seven brothers, so you would have thought that I probably would have seen all these things, but I don't remember watching stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Well... But anyways, one lucky I, I, do, woman. I do have one more question for you. What? After how I talk and things like that and all the dumb things that I say, why do you record with me? Because <laughs> every once in a while we come across uh, something glorious like come look at my chest hair dot com. Can we, can we can we just with this movie, can we start a hashtag with tickle me mustache? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm serious. I have been converted. I I have been appalled right. by mustaches in the past, and <laughs> I want to start this hash, hashtag link to this movie, Tickle, tickle Me Mustache. <laughs> Please, tickle me. I'm sure we'll get it trending with <laughs> okay. all of our listeners. Um, okay. Go back and listen to the first few... Or maybe we should put Come Look at My Chest Terror. Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we will be back hopefully next weekend to do uh, a more in-depth review <laughs> since we covered approximately three things on this episode a halo jump a helicopter chase and henry cavill <laughs> mm. uh we're gonna give this two buy we'll see what ben says in a week uh lots more stuff to come we will have another movie month coming as mission impossible month is coming to close in august we're not going to spoil it just yet other than the saying get prepared to watch some amazingly bad movies with us uh, it's going to be fun, and uh, we'll probably spring the first one on you, but then we'll reveal the other ones after that. Anyways, that will be the end of it, and my name is Colin, and hashtag tickly mustache. And my name is Jamie, and I provide way too many edit points for my husband. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.